is it going today guys we're back here live in the studio for another episode of hot takes with tp3 once again i'm your host thomas penland joined by none other than ben gorwitz ben today is thursday october 28th 2021 our braves are currently tied 1-1 in the world series you want to talk about that real quick before we get into picks and everything yeah i'll get into it just real quick um Charlie Morton getting hurt was was not ideal, obviously. Not but at all. Sh- shout out to Uncle Charlie because I uh, threw like threw like sixteen pitches and like four batters out on a broken fibula. So crazy, uh, kind of crazy what adrenaline can do for your body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I got to be honest, I'm nervous. Not necessarily for the series. I think the Braves can can beat the Astros in a series. I'm nervous that Max Fried is showing his true colors. Um, I'm not confident anytime he takes the mound anymore. That's coming from some of the next breed. I last three have all been shit. Uh, and what I would consider a bad start, one of them I would consider to be okay. Mm-hmm. The caveat of that, the other side of it would be it's been against the two best lineups in baseball, the Astros and Dodgers. It's a lot harder. You're relying on him. He has to have a bounce back performance um, in game five, if not game six, whatever, whatever he goes next. To. It's getting to a point where if the Braves can't rely on him. They have no chance. Pitching Morton's out. They're going to have to go with a guy that does not have a lot of experience. It's either going to be Yanoa, which I think scares a lot of Braves fans. Uh, he has not been good coming back from his broken hand. Wait, is he ruled, was he ruled out for the okay. season with his shoulder, you know? Or was he just ruled out for the rest of the last series? Um, oh, you might be right. He might have been he might have been ruled out indefinitely. So it could be Tucker Davidson, who's like a 22-year-old kid. Yeah. Uh, only a handful of starts. I mean, it, it could be Kyle Wright. He looked pretty good in the one inning of play. That's someone I don't have any confidence no, in. No, please um, no. He's got, he's got good stuff. He's really talented. He's really talented. He just he just can't throw enough strikes. So I think the Braves are in trouble uh, the longer the series goes. But they did their job. They got one out of two in Houston, and they go home for three. So if you win two out of the three at home, you're still in good shape. Yeah, and I'm going to go a little good news perspective here. The good news is, like Ben said, we did split in Houston, which is big time. But at the same time, Houston's starting pitching is not much better. I mean, Valdez is garbage, as you all saw in the first game. Your quiddity or however the hell you pronounce well, he it yesterday. Yeah, I would love to see him again. Lightning won't strike twice for him. He'll get absolutely shelled next time out there. Zach Grinky's not Zach Grinky anymore. Both these teams, you could see both these teams pitch having bullpens pitch six or seven innings. So I thought it was big that Freed was at least able, able to hang in there for a little while. At first, I was kind of like, wait, why is Max Freed in there? Then I thought about it for a second, and I was like, honestly, I would rather just have him stay out there and keep getting shelled than go ahead and put the bullpen out there and waste bullpen innings in a game you're pretty much out of at this point. Point. So, you know, I still like our chances, obviously. Um, as I said, I'm going to, I'm winking here. As I say it, I'm sticking with Astros and six. The, both teams can just mash the baseball. Absolutely. Had the over last night. So that one looked good. But yeah, man, I mean, this has been a hell of a series so far. I knew we weren't going to sweep the Astros in Houston. I knew that was not going to happen for sure last night. So I'm, I'm excited Dude, um, about it, about the series come back to Atlanta. Have you locked in your tickets yet, Ben, for game five? Uh, not yet. We're still working on it. Um, yeah. have you have you seen the viewership numbers? No, I have the viewership numbers. It's a, up. it's a tough tough numbers for the crowd that says baseball is dying. 
postseason games have averaged 4.4 million viewers, wow. which is up 95% versus last year. If I'm not mistaken, isn't that more viewers than the NBA Finals got? Mm, it might be. I'm, I don't remember off the top of my head what that is. I would say part of that probably has to do with the Braves being in it. Absolutely. Because the Braves are – the Braves are – I don't want to say nationally, but at least in the South, the the clear-cut favorite team in baseball. I've said this a thousand times. Their fan base literally stretches across eight or nine states. And that's because of Ted Turner, because they played on TBS. When, you know, when our parents were growing up, if you're above the age of like, I don't know, 45 or whatever, when you grew up mm-hmm. with only five TV stations, TBS was one of them. So if you liked baseball, one of the teams you could watch every single night, thanks to Ted Turner, was the Atlanta Braves. So that might have to do with it, but for the baseball's dead crowd, can't really back it up right now. No, I agree with you completely. I really think, especially for me too, like I'm a big baseball fan. I, I thought the sport was really tough to watch there for like five to seven years where pitching was absolutely dominant. Yeah, I think they sped up the pace of play and you got all these home runs flying out of the park and made the sport fun to watch once again. So I agree with you. Baseball is definitely not dead. If anything, it is alive and thriving the most we've seen it thrive in a long time. Let's get ready for a big weekend, guys. Not only do we have Braves baseball, but we have a massive college football slate one of the best of the entire year. NFL is not so great, but of course, we're still going to talk about it regardless. Let's start things off, though, at 12 o'clock as the Michigan Wolverines go on the road to East Lansing to face their bitter rivals in Spartan Stadium. The Michigan State Spartans. Sparty finds himself as a four-point home dog over under set at 50 and a half. Ben, you doing anything with this game? Oh, um. Well, at first, I kind of liked Michigan. Um, then I saw a stat that I'm about to read here. Okay. That makes me – what's the spread again? Four. And Michigan State's favored? Yeah. No, no, Michigan is favored. Sparty's I mean, the I'm dog. Sorry, okay, so this stat doesn't come into play, but it's still interesting to me. So until Michigan beat Wisconsin on the road in mm. week five, Michigan had never won a game as a betting underdog under Jim Harbaugh. So the fact that they're not an underdog in this game actually makes me want to take Michigan. Um, the stats in this game, like no, Michigan stats, is the underdog. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Michigan's a favorite. Yeah, what am I saying? Yeah. Um, the stats in this game, in terms of comparing the teams, Michigan State is really bad against the pass. They're they're pretty good against the run. Michigan's offense is not great passing the football, and they're terrific running the football. On the other side, Michigan's run defense is very good, and their pass defense is pretty good. Um, Obviously, Michigan State's got the leading rusher in in the country right now. I don't have a play on this game as of right now. Um, Because the defenses are are both good, I would maybe lean the under in this game. If I had to pick a side, I I would take Michigan State as the home dog just to take the points. I don't think Michigan's good enough to back them as a favorite, even though I think Michigan is the better team. I haven't seen Michigan throw the win a game by throwing the football yet. Michigan State's going to have to try and force them to do that. I can't put my money on Michigan throwing the football to cover a spread. So I would lean taking Michigan State. I haven't locked in a play yet. I'm either going to take Michigan State with the points or I will take the under due to the fact that neither offense is very explosive. Yeah, so – Cade McNamara, the Michigan quarterback, has five passing touchdowns this year. Ben, I got a little Mm. question here for you that doesn't have to do much with this game, but with the conference in general. Outside of C.J. Stroud, who's the next best quarterback in the Big Ten? 
Uh, it's either Iowa's guy because he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, I, I mean, it's it, you could toss a handful of guys in there. Let's just put it this way. They're not good. If you put a gun to my head and said, I need one of these guys to throw a 50-yard pass to win the game for me or you get yeah. killed, I would say just go ahead and shoot me. <laughs> I don't, let's just put it this way. Tongue of Iloa, maybe? Yeah, get Michigan. <laughs> exactly. It's impossible to pick the next best guy. Michigan's Michigan's offense is, like you said, they want to run the ball. Michigan State's going to stop it. Michigan State's not great against the pass. Same thing with Michigan State. They're going to want to, want to run the ball with uh, Kenneth Walker as he leads the NCAA in rush yards. Michigan's great against the run, though. I mean, last week, literally, Northwestern wouldn't have scored if it wasn't for a 75-yard touchdown run right before halftime. This game is going to be sloppy. It is going to be the epitome of Big Ten football at 12 p.m. on a, on a Saturday. Give me the under 50-and-a-half. Sidewise, though, I'm with Ben on this one, man. I would probably take Michigan State money line. I could see an upset coming here. I just feel like that Michigan State at the house is going to ride their running back. I mean, it's the first time these two teams have played each other undefeated since, like, the 1950s. This is a massive game. It's going to be an awesome game. Um I'm I'm definitely going to play the – I already played the under here at 50 and a half. I don't know if I'm going to touch anything else, though. Um, it, it's going to be an issue. Clifford is probably the second best. I just thought of him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it, I'd probably pick Sean Clifford, honestly, if I had to pick anyone else. But, yeah, so, I mean, I don't think too much of these two offenses. I think we're going to see a really good grind it out in the trenches. It's going to be a tight game. I think four points is a lot of points for as tight as this game is going to be. I wish I'd grabbed it, though, when it was at four and a half or five, though. Yeah, and it's not on our card this week, but I'm just going to mention it real quick because you just said this is going to be a sloppy Big Ten game. We have the big, we have the big, the most Big Ten game of all Big Ten games this week with Iowa and Wisconsin. I knew you were going to say that. Um, I mean, the over under is like 36. It's starting at like 37. You and I both already took the under in that game. I'll give that out to the people. I believe you already took it, if I'm not mistaken. What Iowa Wisconsin under? Yeah, I actually didn't take the under for one reason, okay. one reason only. Graham Mertz is the turnover king. Iowa's defense is the king of turning turnovers into touchdowns. I think in reverse logic, the defenses could cover the over with how short that line is. That's just too sweaty for me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the lowest of the lows in Big Ten football. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, I was saying I was saying um, I wanted to take Iowa plus three and a half, but honestly, I'm just staying away from that game completely. That game just looks if, to be a shit show, in my opinion. If there if there aren't that many turnovers, if Grandberg keeps it, you know, under two, mm-hmm. Iowa's defense is facing against the best rushing defense in the country, even better than Georgia's. Uh stats wise, not my yeah. opinion wise, but stats wise, Wisconsin has the top defense um overall in the country in terms of total defense. Good luck. Iowa's going to have to throw the football. Exactly. That's why I want no part of Iowa in this game. That's why I want no part of that game in general. I don't even want to bet on it because I don't the even line have a reason to watch it. Either. Yeah. The line doesn't make sense. Exactly. Wisconsin you, minus three and a half makes no sense. Yeah, when you have a four and three team favored by three and a half points over a six and one team that's ranked in the top ten, doesn't make much. Yeah, I just don't even want to think about that game because I don't even want to bet it, watch it, anything. Um, Our next game up here on our slate, well, Ben, you know, I said that if, if I had the opportunity, I would talk about my team again. <laughs> so finally, since week one, I get to revisit my Florida State Seminoles. The Knowles have picked it up the last couple of weeks, picking up a couple of wins as they welcome the Clemson Tigers down into Tallahassee. Um, currently in this game, or I apologize, Florida State's on the road at Clemson. But the total, the total in this game is 47 and a half. Clemson is a nine and a half point home favorite. Earlier in the week, it was at 10. I'll start out on this one. So this is my team. Look. Mike Norvell, 
we all wanted to – I said we should keep him around after what happened against Jacksonville State. Look, it was absolutely embarrassing. The team could have quit. Everybody could have left the program. We could have quit. We could have called it a season. But, no, this team has responded. Florida State now has won four out of the last – or three out of the last four weeks, including wins over teams like North Carolina, which is a big win for this program. Our offense with Jordan Travis, I'm not going to say it's dynamic offense, but Jordan Travis is the epitome of a, of a guy who runs the football as a college quarterback – um, this Florida State team's just been gritty, man. They found a way to win, and honestly, it's been with the defense. The defense has stepped up and played well. Um, Jeremiah Johnson, our outside linebacker slash DN, has been an absolute beast. Now you can understand why he got out of Georgia because he couldn't see the field there. He's easily been probably – I'd say he's been a top three best defensive player in all the ACC. On the flip side of things, Clemson is a stacked-up defense. They're coming off a loss to Pittsburgh where they are never really in the game after Pittsburgh got the offense going. This Clemson offense is terrible. DJ Ugalele makes the forward pass look a lot like it's a new idea. I don't know what's wrong with Clemson's mm-hmm. offense. I guess it's the offensive line. No one's been able to figure it out all year long. With all that being said, I think 10 points is way too many. If you just look back on the rivalry of Florida State and Clemson, look, this was not a rivalry until both these teams became good. Clemson became what they were under Dabo. Florida State obviously had been there for a long time, so we never really saw them as rivals. They were ranked ahead of us when we had Jameis Winston as our starting quarterback. They were ranked number three in the nation. We were ranked number 10. We went into Death Valley, and not only did we put them to death, but we beat them 56-13 to 13 and absolutely ran the score up on them. Dabo has never forgotten that. Ever since that Clemson has been better than Florida State, he has absolutely beaten the shit out of us. These games have not even been close. Florida State's been losing by 40. 50 points i remember two years ago which was the last time that we actually played the spread on the game was 28 points and by halftime clemson already had 56 points that's how bad they wanted to beat the crap out of florida state Dabo absolutely hates florida state with all that being said he doesn't have the offense to be able to do that florida state skipped out on the game last year as norvell claimed we had covid when it was art when Dabo was furious basically saying we skipped out on the game with all that being said i don't think Dabo's in the position here to get revenge if anything norvell's saying these guys have beaten the shit out of us and embarrassed us and dragged us across the field even some of those guys are still there Florida State wants revenge from all that. Florida State plus 10 wouldn't be shocked to see us go up there and beat them outright. Taking the under 47. Uh, Florida State is terrible at everything football-related. Clemson is terrible at everything offensively football-related. Give me the under. It's as simple as – I think the under is hitting every Clemson game so far. No, I actually I actually thought about that one too, but I think that's a great pick, honestly. I mean, we're not really going to throw the ball. We're going to try to keep it on the ground. The thing is Clemson's great against the run. Thing is, Clemson's offense can't do anything. I I agree with you, Ben. I think it's going to be a sloppy game. I think Florida State wins this game like twenty-one to thirteen or something like that. I think this is going to be a really ugly game. Florida State's going to grind it out on, and get that outright win. Is this on ACC Network? What channel is this one on? No, I, let me see what it says. I believe that this game is yeah, this game's on ESPN. Florida State Clemson <laughs> still gets one of those. Hey, because you know people are still going to tune in and watch that game regardless of how bad we are. Yeah, give me you know? the under. <laughs> yeah. I think I seriously think the under is hit. In every Clemson game so far. Yeah. And no, I think that is a good – I think – yeah, I think it is. And, by the way, Clemson is 0-7 against the spread, failing to cover by 10 points. There you go. You got to think great they're going to cover at some point in time, but that's another great stat yeah. right there. I'm glad you brought that and up my- that they've hit the under in every game because they have. Um, even, even when they played Pitt, who's like hit an over in every game except for one, I think. Mm-hmm. The next game up here on the chart is the reason why I'll be watching college football at the house before I go out to celebrate Halloween and watch the Braves. Georgia Bulldogs and Florida take each other on in what is considered the nation's biggest cocktail party. 
Um, Georgia, the number one team in the nation, obviously. Florida Gators, we know what kind of season it's been for them thus far. Georgia currently finds themselves as a 14-point favorite down in Jacksonville. The over-under set at this one is at 50. Um, you know what? We'll kind of talk, go back and forth a little bit on this one. So first thing I want to say, Ben, is Florida does not have a starting quarterback selected yet for this game. Emory Jones or remind is Anthony Richardson Jr., right? Okay. For some reason, I always want to call him Trey Richardson. Anthony Richardson Jr. are the two quarterbacks. Look, both these guys are turnover machines. Emory Jones has been turning, has had almost three turnovers in the last four games for Florida. On top of that, Richardson it averages one interception per seven passes. So take that for what it's worth. We don't know who's going to come out of here and play quarterback yet for Florida as they still haven't announced it yet as we sit here on Thursday. On the or flip Georgia. side, yeah, or Georgia, as a matter of fact, is we don't know who's going to play between JT Daniels or between Stetson Bennett. Also, on the flip side of things, Georgia brings in here one of the best, actually the best defense in the nation against the run, besides Wisconsin. But Georgia's the best overall defense here. But I will say this for Dan Mullen. We've watched Dan Mullen play some of the best games that he's coached against his best opponents. Dan Mullen did it last year in the SEC championship against against uh, Alabama. He did it again this year against Alabama, kind of muddied the game up. Dan Mullen will try to take that similar approach, but at the same time, Georgia's defense is elite compared to what Alabama's has been the last two years. Alabama does it with flashy offense. Georgia does it between the trenches and beats the shit out of you. I don't think they can run the ball like Kentucky was able to somewhat do and muddy the game up. Like Kentucky was the only team that's even been able to keep this game, to keep a game with Georgia inside the spread. Only Kentucky has been able to do it this year. I don't like, I, I, this is a bet I'm not going to play. Florida lose to Kentucky too. Say that again. Yeah, Florida lost to Kentucky. That was the game, remember, where they outgained him by 250, and they asked Dan Mullen, what happened? He goes, I mean, we outgained him. That was the game where he went crazy at the podium. So my Dan Dan Mullen impression needs a little work, but he's got that (laughs) squeaky southern accent. But anyway, in this game, I want to say Florida can do the same thing in, but I don't think they can do it, man. I just feel like Florida's had their dreams crushed at this point. I mean, losing to LSU, Kentucky, I get it. That's a game that doesn't go your way. Alabama – you played your heart out and you lost. But that LSU loss is absolutely inexcusable, man. You watched them get shut down by a terrible Ole Miss defense the following week in a game that was never even really close. I personally think as well, Georgia has in the back of their mind what happened last year. Georgia got embarrassed last year. That was their loss that ended their season. I think this is a revenge game here for the Dogs. I think Georgia runs it up, and you might see something similar to the Urban Meyer when they all ran out on the field to celebrate the touchdown and got the penalty. I could see Georgia doing the exact same thing again. I think Georgia wants to come out here and make a statement, absolutely embarrass the only real opponent that's remaining on their schedule, maybe even the only real opponent they'll play the whole year. They want to embarrass them. We saw what dual-threat quarterback K.J. Jefferson did. We saw what dual-threat quarterback D.J. Ugolele did against this Clemson offense. I mean, against this Georgia defense, the ball does not move, man. Jefferson had five carries for eight yards. Yeah, I mean, I think you described this game perfectly. Uh, Are you taking anything in this game? Uh, Force pick, Georgia minus 14. I'm not going to touch it, though. I still do respect Dan Mullen enough not to bet against him that big of a dog in a rivalry game. Yeah, that would be my force pick as well. Um, I haven't taken it yet, so I'm not going to say it's on my card. But if I had to take him, it would be that uh, Georgia minus 14. For basically all the reasons you said, I mean, I don't need to add anything more. I definitely think Kirby sees this as a revenge game. I don't think it matters if Stetson Bennett plays um, or if JT Daniels plays. Stetson played last year. Stetson's a lot better this year than he was last year. He's throwing the ball deep very well. Um, He's mobile. Talk about dual threats. Stetson's very mobile, likes to run out of the pocket. 
I don't think Florida's got enough uh, to even to win this game. Like, I, I don't see Florida winning this game at all. Uh, so my fourth pick would be Georgia minus 14. It's not on my card, though. Wouldn't it be the most Georgia thing ever to run out there, Stetson Bennett, and not start JT Daniels and get down big and it have be the Jake Fromm, Justin Fields thing all over again? Wouldn't that be the most Georgia scenario ever? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, and I think I know, I know what you're talking about. I think it's worded a little wrong, though, because, like, with Georgia, Georgia's famous for picking the wrong quarterback and not switching. Mm-hmm. That'd be more like an Alabama thing for him set them to struggle and then JT to come in and save the day. Yeah, I guess that is true. But I mean, does Georgia lose the game because they went with Stetson Bennett? I feel like that'd be like, the most uh, Georgia thing ever. Be the close I mean, classic. Listen, they're running the football really effectively uh, right now. They have a plethora of backs. I mean, four backs. You can really trot out there. Uh, receivers are playing better and better. They're just, they look like a complete team. Florida doesn't look anything close to it. A football team on offense they're just they're not what they're supposed to be um I've been disappointed with Todd Grantham's stint at Florida the defensive coordinator as well maybe the game has moved past him um I wouldn't be shocked to see if he's fired to be honest with you at the end of the year um I wouldn't be shocked I'll put it this way I had I was in Tuscaloosa last weekend mm-hmm. one of my one of my good buddies his uncle he's retired now used to run the Nike football camps for years and years and years, like two decades. Mm-hmm. He meets with a lot of coaches. And one of my friend's dad is a Florida fan was talking to him. He said, who are some of like the best, most insightful coaches, nicest coaches you've ever talked to. He said Spurrier. And then he, the following question was any coach that you would be surprised to be at a different job within the next five years. He answered it very quickly, and his answer was Dan Mullen. He basically said Dan Mullen's not going to make it at Florida. And if you look at Dan Mullen's record against top 25 teams, it's not up to the Florida Gator standard. I can promise you that. If he gets blown out, if he gets blown out, I'm saying absolutely embarrassed to Georgia, Mm -hmm. his seat could be hot next year. It could be. If they're they're not good next year, following up this year, two years in a row where you're Mm -hmm. bad at Florida, they're not going to put up with this crap. He's not recruiting at a Florida level either. Call me crazy. I could, I could actually see Dan Mullen being an effective coach in the NFL. I – you might be crazy. I see him as like a Chip Kelly type of guy. That's my only thing. Um, Chip Kelly's got – they're just different personalities for the NFL. Like Chip, Ke- Chip Kelly, I thought when he got hired by the Eagles, mm-hmm. I thought you could immediately point to this is not going to work. Too much of a control freak. Yeah. Too much of a guy that thinks he knows everything. Um, he fits the college game a lot better. Mullen, maybe. Maybe. I could see it, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel see Mullen's definitely I don't know about his like personality wise if he could fit in, but I feel like his offensive he, schemes and his house. He'd have to he have is. a good support. He would have to have a nice support staff. Yeah, absolutely. I could really see him though going in there in the NFL and you know taking over with a with one of these young quarterbacks and doing some good things. So, I, speaking I, speaking of the NFL, just well, yeah. Speaking of the NFL, real quick, Doug Peterson's name doesn't get co- come up in any head coaching searches for college or NFL now. Um, listen, I know his falling out with Philly wasn't great, but he at least had success. The man won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I would hire someone like him over someone from college any day, wouldn't you? Absolutely. But his name doesn't get brought up. 
no, I agree with you completely. He's not even in coaching right now. I don't even know what Doug Peterson is up to right now, but he'll he'll be back for sure. Somebody will definitely bring him back somewhere along the lines. Um, all right, next game up here on the slate. You said you had something interesting on this one, Ben, so we'll go with this one here first. 7.30 on ABC, number 20, lowly Penn State. Mm-hmm. Stumbles into the horseshoe to play number five, Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State's an 18.5-point favorite, over-under set of 16. Ben, let's hear it. Well, I mean, I just kind of have a question for you to see if you agree with me. Mm-hmm. So the number is 18, 18 and a half. 18 and a half. So it's 18 and a half. If Penn State won the game against Illinois, let's just say they won it 24 to 10. Not not a blowout, but let's say they won the game, like how they were supposed to. What would this this line wouldn't this line would be clo- a lot closer to 10, if not inside 10. Yeah, so it was projected at 11 the week before because they put up the lines for the bigger game. So it was at 11 before these two teams played. Also, too, Ohio State, I think, put up, what, like 60 on on uh, Indiana. So I assume that had has some effect on it. I think, honestly, if they won that game against Penn State, what you said in regulation or in overtime, or it doesn't matter, um, right? I, I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, okay. if they would have won, like, in normal – maybe not nine overtimes, but yeah, I, I just think the, li- I think the line's a little inflated for the fact that – I mean, listen, Illinois is not a good football team. Yeah. Penn State should not should not ever lose that game, especially not at home. I just think the line is really inflated after one result. I'm still gonna I'm still laying the number with Ohio State. I don't care. I, I think Ohio State steamrolls Penn State. I think this is a game where Travion Henderson uh, boosts up his Heisman candidacy for this year and next year. Mm-hmm. I think it helps CJ Stroud for this year. And next year, I think Ryan Day uh, has his boys locked and loaded right now. We've seen this with Ohio State in the past couple of years. They lose a little early in the season, and then they absolutely steamroll everyone until they get to the playoff, and then it gets a lot harder. I expect nothing different. I think Ohio State wins by 30. Not really, but I think they cover no, I actually agree with you completely on that one, Ben. Sean Clifford is banged up once again. I mean, we saw what the backup can do. Realistically, Sean Clifford just throws up prayers on deep balls and hopes they get completed. This Penn State team can't run the ball. Yeah, they have a good defense. Well, what are they going to do when they're stuck out on the field the entire game? Also, too, Penn State, the the only real like threat they played all year was Auburn, which they were honestly pretty fortunate to win that game. If Bo At Nixon. home as well. Yeah, then they got some, they definitely got some help on that one. This isn't at home. This is on the road here. I think if they went down to the plans to play Auburn, they would have lost by two touchdowns, or if they could run that game back, even with a healthy Sean Clifford, I think they would still lose that one to Auburn. Look, at the end of the day, Ohio State, they haven't pl- nobody in the Big Ten gets to play an offense as explosive as Ohio State is. They're the only one in the Big Ten that can even do this. Maryland's the only one who even tries to do the same thing as Ohio State does. I think Ohio State, for the same reasons you said, just absolutely blows the doors off them. I think also, too, you know, Ohio State's tripped up against Penn State in the past. This is kind of their FU, y'all suck kind of game where you just yeah. want to score up on them. There's no Saquon Barkley on the other side, though. Exactly. Did you did you happen to hear the James Franklin comments? Yes, I did, actually. He didn't even know who they were playing. He, he said they well, were playing Illinois instead of Ohio State on accident. So His, I, I, guess, I guess two comments. I wasn't even talking about that, but that's okay. one. Two uh, reporters, you know, he gets asked this every single week, and I'm sure he's so tired of it. He slipped up uh, about the coaching carousel that he's linked to the LSU job, possibly. He's linked to the USC job, possibly. He said, I'm fiercely loyal to Penn State, but, and I can't remember the words. I'll have to, like, 
I recommend people go on YouTube and find the interview because it's a poor choice of words. I'll say it's Franklin. He said, I'm fiercely loyal to Penn State, but as you guys know, it's a crazy world and the paperwork can get a little complicated. Something like that. Does that sound like a guy that, <laughs> I mean, t- listen. He also I changed think- his agent as well this week. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I think what's going to happen at Penn State is if he leaves the job, I'll say this. If he stays at Penn State, he gets an extension. He'll get more money for turning down those jobs. If he does not stay, I don't think the main reason is because he doesn't like Penn State, doesn't like coaching there. I think it'll be mutual. I think he doesn't feel the love from them, and they don't love him. I I think it'll be kind of mutual. I think they can do better than James Franklin. The only thing I'll say to that is be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they should want James Franklin to leave at all. I mean, he is the only coach that's ever been successful at Vandy. He's done a hell of a job, I think, with Penn State personally. I think more so the reason he would leave Penn State is just because he kind of looks at it as, damn, I've beaten Ohio State. I got left out as number five in the in the, in the uh, rankings before. And then he's also going to look at it as, I had a great team this year, and I still just couldn't get the players there that I need. He's going to want to go to one of these blue-chip programs where he can really get the guys. I mean, he's always linked to the NFL, too. I feel like his time at yeah, Penn State, he he's just over and done with it at this point um so hell i think he's a great coach i agree with you completely i think he's a great coach too i think he's one of those that doesn't get the respect he deserves um let's circle back now to the last game on the slate this game will kick off at 7 p.m on espn as we have number 10 ole miss on the road in the plains of jordan Hare taking on auburn number 18 team in the nation here auburn's a two and a half point home favorite over under set at 65 and a half um, I'll start out on this one. So as Ben and I have talked about many times, Bo Nix is two different players home and away. We got home Bo Nix in this game. On top of that, Matt Corral is two different players home and away. Also, who is Matt Corral beaten? LSU sucks. Arkansas, I mean, is Arkansas. I'm not impressed by that one at home in, a, in an absolute shootout. They haven't beaten anybody else who is worth anything. They got absolutely embarrassed against Alabama. Look, Auburn, in my opinion, is probably the most underrated team in college football. I feel like that their record does not preach to the team they actually are. I've watched Auburn win some pretty tight games. They even looked impressive against Georgia. Like, they looked like they belonged belonged there playing against them. I think Auburn should be – I think the wrong team is ranked higher in this game. Obviously, it's based off record and hype and everything. Plus, Matt Corral is banged up. Ole Miss has a ton of guys on both sides of the ball as well that are injured. I could see Auburn just running tanks bits Bixby and that other running back. Um, I can't think of his name right now. All the all down their throat. Also, Bo Nix, we know, loves to run the ball too. I feel like this is just your classic Bo Nix at the house game. Auburn, I think, absolutely houses Old Miss. Old Miss. This is my max bet of the week here. I don't hate the under either. I don't know if y'all seen or not, but I have not been shy of taking these Ole Miss under 70 games. This this would total, though, is a little more adjusted as it is 65 and a half. I still don't hate the under here, but I'm not going to try to sweat that one out. I think Auburn minus two and a half is probably the best bet of the entire weekend in college football. Jerkwes uh, Hunter is the other running back that you're thinking of. Yep. Um, you brought up a great point. Um, you know, I think that you brought up a lot of good points. I think the best point you made was the fact that Matt Corral is banged up. Not only is he banged up, but he, he doesn't have all of his receivers. They're still out. Mm-hmm. Um, um, is Drummond, do you know if that receiver Drummond is playing this week? He's kind of been in and out of. No, they haven't really said anything yet. And you know how it is. It's pretty tough to get accurate energy injury information for college football, but they haven't said much, which makes me think that he's out or he's going to try to play, but he's probably banged up. 
I think Brian Harson's done a very underrated job this year for Auburn. Mm-hmm. Not only has the team been underrated, listen, they've played two their schedule, they've had two what I would consider to have three I, I think they've had four hard games this year. I think at Penn State, they lost. At LSU, I don't care what LSU's team is like. If you play at LSU, it's a tough place to play. They won that game. That's one and one. Home against Georgia, they lost one and two. And at Arkansas, I know Arkansas was a little bit depleted by week seven of the season compared to like weeks one through four. Winning at Arkansas is not easy. That crowd was rocking. In their four hardest games, they're two and two. And they get another chance at a ranked team at home. And I don't think Harson's going to squander this opportunity. I like Auburn, and I like him a lot as well. Ole Miss, the weakness of this team is struggling to stop the run. Alabama ran all over Ole Miss. Well, Auburn is more of a running team than Alabama is, a lot more. And they're going to pound these two horses all game. Hunter and Bigby. Hunter and Bigby. You're, you're going to get tired of hearing their name. Because that's how many carries. I think they get I, – I think they get close to – 45, 50 carries between the two of them. I think they both have over 20 carries in this game. And then you add Bo Nix running the football. I, I wouldn't stop running the football. It could be third and 10, and I'm thinking about running the football on this Ole Miss team. I, I'm not even kidding. I'm I agree. taking Auburn. I'm taking Auburn minus two and a half. Um, I don't like the under as much, only because Auburn's a very unpredictable offense. Sometimes they can get into these shootout games. Mm-hmm. We know Ole Miss, can, Ole Miss is going to put up points. I think Auburn can also put up points. So I'm not going to take the under. I'm going to take Auburn minus two and a half. And I think Brian Harson adds to what I'm going to call a good first year. And he still has opportunities to increase it. He's got at A&M. He's got uh, Mississippi State. And then, of course, he's got the Iron Bowl after the season. They have a hard schedule out of the uh, – let's see. They've already played – out of the six tough games I would call on their schedule. Yeah. He, he could go three and three and – that's not an L. That, that's a win for Auburn. If you lose at Penn State, Georgia, and Alabama, win everything else, congratulations, Brian Harson. I will clap it up for you. No, I agree with you completely, Ben. I think you hit the nail on the head. It has been a very underrated, successful season for Brian Harson. Is there any other college football games you want to mention before we go over to a very lacking NFL slate? <laughs> um, there's not much. I, I think Kentucky is – Possibly on upset alert going at Mississippi State. Um, Mississippi State's good against the run. I'm interested to see what Texas bounces back like. Texas is now four and three on back-to-back losses coming off a bye. They're going at Baylor. It's not an easy game. I'm interested to see if they bounce back in any way, not for playoff hopes, just for Steve Sarkeesian. He's trying trying to build a program. You got to win games like this, and that's, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, the only other one I'll bring up here real quick. So here's a like a nice little statistic play that I'm going to run for y'all that makes a lot of sense here. So the stat is 31 and 3. That's 91%. So what is 91% is this right here, guys. So Tulane almost beat Oklahoma, and they beat Morgan State. Those were the first two games of season. Since then, Tulane in the first quarter, first half, and full game is one in fourteen ACS. In the first quarter, first half, and full game, they're seventeen and two to the over. What does that tell me? This team is absolutely garbage, is what that tells me, and they can't stop anyone. Not only they can is, score though, <laughs> yeah, and they can also score points to the other team with turnovers. Who do they take on this week? The Cincinnati Bearcats. It is a fourteen and a half first half spread. 
I'm on Cincinnati here in the first half. I think that Tulane will have multiple pick sixes in this first half. I also think, too, Cincinnati is pissed off after struggling with Navy. They don't want to come out here and have another lackluster performance against arguably the worst team, a 1-6 team in college football. They are going to absolutely house them. I bet you the score will be 35-42-0 to to at halftime. I I expect (laughs) at least five touchdowns from Cincinnati in the first half. I don't think it's going to be close. I'm playing Cincinnati first half. and One that I'm not going to bet – just because I don't like taking a ton of volume at this point in college football. So now that basketball is back is Miami is 0 and six against the spread in the first half and Pittsburgh is five and one ATS in the first half, six and a half on a nine, nine and a half or on a nine point spread feels a little taxed in my opinion. And like it's factored in there. I don't hate it with Kenny Pickett and them getting up early on Miami at the same time though, when the spread's nine and a half and you have to play a six and a half first half, that's a completely ridiculous line. It should be like four and a half or five in my opinion. So I'm going to lay off yep. that one, but there's, that's just a little more statistics for y'all to think about. Yeah. The only thing I'll, and I'm adding that Cincinnati first half to my card. That's, that's a great pick. I think the only thing I'll say about Miami is one, I think there's expected rain in that game. Um, two, oh, shoot. that's a good point Two Miami. You have to actually have watched Miami football games the past couple of weeks in, in order to bet on them. You don't look at the three and four record. Mm-hmm. Since uh God, I need to look it up real quick. That quarterback, um, Van Dyke. T- thank you. Tyler Van Dyke has been playing a thousand times better than Derek King ever mm-hmm. did this season for them. They're just coming off a fantastic win uh over NC State. NC State was ranked. Miami beat them and Miami put up. I know UNC is not good on defense, but Miami should have. Not should have had had a great chance to beat UNC. They lost 45-42. Miami same, is playing same thing with Virginia. Remember, they doinked that field yep. goal from like 40 yards out. Miami's playing a lot better football than they were in the beginning of the season. They're a tough team to bet on if you if you just look at box scores and you're just not watching Miami football. So be careful with that. Pitt is a fantastic over team, though. So if the weather holds up, this might not be a bad over game. Both That's teams a- can put up points. Hey, that's a great handicap right there. I actually do endorse that as well. The main reason why I'm not taking Pitt also is it's the ACC, man. Anything you know, Chaos just happens in the ACC. Nothing makes sense. And didn't Pitt – Pitt, if I'm not mis- – oh, no, they just beat Clemson. I, I thought that was a little bit earlier in the season. Yeah, and also, my too, when, when Pitt had – te- with- Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, when Pitt's had terrible teams and Miami's had like those undefeated teams, they've played Pittsburgh on those weird Friday games Thanksgiving week and lost to them twice. So that's also kind of like, wouldn't it be hilarious if it happened the other way around when Pitt's having their best season they've had in years and shitty Miami comes in and, uh, and ruins their season? And Pitt's having a fantastic year, especially for their standards. Their one problem is they lost to Western Michigan. You 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 can't get in the playoff even if you win the ACC and be the best team in the ACC, losing to Western Michigan. So while they think they might be playing for for a bigger picture, I I, I would say they're not. But I would say a program like that winning the ACC is a tremendous accomplishment for them, and they're definitely the favorite to win it. Yeah, I agree with that completely, Ben. That that is, and also too, they're kind of playing for their quarterback, uh, Kenny Pickett, to win Heisman. So. They're definitely that's another reason to like your over there as well. Let's move now to the NFL side of things. Um, only pick mm-hmm. three games here. There's not many good ones. I'll throw out one bet at the end of the podcast as well. So we'll start things off here with Sunday at a 1 p.m. kickoff. We have the red hot five and two Tennessee Titans taking on the three and four Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis is now a one and a half point home favorite. Um, I'll start us off with this one here. Over under is also at 51. 
this line's been going back and forth. This line has been going back and forth. I have a max play, though, on the Colts. I'm going to tell you all why. First off, the Colts should have beaten the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. Colts also have another game that leaves me at, at the moment that they should have won as well. This is the team. They are completely healthy now. This is the team that me and Ben both said at the beginning, of the, or Ben said, not me, that he thought they were going to be good. But we both said if they could weather the storm and get through those first couple of weeks and win some games, they could get to the back half of their schedule and have an easy schedule. Also, too, out of the last 15 times they've played Tennessee, they've only lost to them three times. They own this team practically. Um, they also lost to him earlier in the season. So this is a revenge game as well because they had to play with Jacob Easton right there. Indianapolis is one of the best run defenses in the league. Jonathan Taylor, DVOA over like the last five weeks, has been the second best running back in the NFL, only to Derrick Henry. Carson Wentz seems to be playing the best football he has been. I think we get the better team right now playing better football, which feels weird to say here as the Titans are playing good football. This could also be kind of a letdown game for the Titans. Are they really going get, to get up to play their third big game in a row? I think the Colts defend home turf here and win this one big. I'm going to take the over. Um, divisional game, I like the over here. Colts offense has been playing really, really well. Mm -hmm. Keep saying every single week that there's a trend with Carson Wentz when he plays under Frank Wright that as the season goes on, they get better and better together. Uh, Titans, Titans offense is peaking right now. I don't think they could play any better. They just thrashed the Chiefs, and Derrick Henry didn't even have one of his signature games. I think he can bounce back here. Titans defense as great as dominant as they looked against the Chiefs. That is not the real Titans Titans defense that we know. I don't think they go back to back 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 to back to back weeks with a strong defensive performance. I think they have a letdown on defense while the Colts are hot on offense. I'm gonna take over 51. I don't think that's a bad pick either. Um, next game up here, it's a tough one to pick, but I had to pick another game on the slate here. I chose the Patriots and the Char and the Chargers. I didn't even realize the spread moved again, but the Chargers are four-and-a-half-point home favorites off a of bye. Patriots, the over-under set at 49. The Patriots also, too. Think about this. It's Belichick versus second-year quarterback. Ben, the Chargers have been your team all season long. You start us out here. Yeah, I told you last uh, two weeks ago, the Chargers are permanently on my card until I, until I say they take them off. I don't like the four-and-a-half number just because it's a dead number. Um. Any suggestions on how to get out of that? I'm assuming the money – I could just put the Chargers in a money line parlay. Um, Te yeah, teaser doesn't it, offer much value in this situation. Um, mm -hmm. I agree with you, though, man. I think it's the Chargers here. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers – I'm taking them every week until, until I say I'm not taking them. For now, put me down at Chargers minus four and a half. I just don't like it because it's a dead number. I don't like it because it's not – the Chargers, the only reason I don't like it is because it's a dead number. What are, you, what are you getting? You're getting zero value out of the number four and a half. Um, you know what? This, honestly, this could be a game that I, could, I might take an alternate spread. I, I don't know. I don't think the Patriots offense can keep up. I really don't. I Mike Evans uh, wasn't great last week. I think he can bounce back. You always have the reliable Keenan Allen. Austin Echo shows up every single week, and then you have Herbert, whether it's with his legs or with his arms. This could be a game where the pass rush that Joey Bosa provides really gets to Mac Jones. If they don't protect him, give him time, this Chargers pass rush can eat him alive. I might take an alternate spread in this game. I don't know what the number I could get it at. I would have to look at the odds. Um, if I take an alternate spread, I'd probably take minus six and a half, if not minus seven, to, to get it around a touchdown. But I'm taking the Chargers no matter what. So this is one of those – 
if you would consider pros versus Joe's games where the pros are all on the, on the Patriots, Joe's are on the chargers, but I'm going to say this. I don't really believe in those games as much on the main slate, which is like the one o'clock and four o'clock games. Like when I look at this game, man, like I think the Patriots have, have played better offensively and they're playing better football. Now the chargers that were off a bye, So they've had a chance to prepare more. Like you said, Joey Bosa, like Mac Jones and off a bad coach game. Exactly. So they want a little revenge after going in their bye week. Think about it. They've been thinking about that loss the entire time. They've Stanley been owes their this bye team. Exactly. They want to win this game. I mean, Justin Herbert's playing great football. I don't think Justin Herbert counts in that because Justin Herbert, I mean, he lost last year to the Patriots, so it's kind of a, like a revenge game for him in a way, you know? I think Justin Herbert wants it more. I think they have the better offense. I think they have better weapons. I think this Chargers team is playing some damn good football. I want to see them keep playing that good football. I'm, I would, I'm not betting this game personally. I'm going to say Chargers minus four and a half, though. This will be a fun one to watch. I'll damn sure be watching. Anytime Justin Herbert's playing quarterback, I'm watching. Yeah, I mean, one of our mutual friends uh, recently texted us about he's been hot in gambling, and he goes, I'm simply taking the better team. Well, I'm doing the same thing here. Chargers are the way better team in this situation. I agree completely, Ben. I think this Chargers team is really good. I especially like how that secondary flies around and makes plays as well. It goes nice at the pass rush. Last the Derwin game, difference. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know I'm a big Florida State guy. I love the fact they got Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James back there. Last game here on the slate is the 5-1 and one Dallas Cowboys take on the 3-3 three and three Minnesota Vikings. Both teams off buys here. Dallas is the road team as they are still a one-point favorite. Over-under set at 54-and-a-half. I'll start us out on this one. Official play for me, Dallas minus one or one and a half, whatever it's going to be at. So, look. I don't understand this line. Yeah, I don't understand this one either. The Vikings have played very well at home under Zimmer. But at the same time, Kirk Cousins is one in seven ATS um, versus teams off a of bye, and he's three and ten as a night dog. On top of that, Minnesota has been terrible against the run this season. Dallas is going to run the ball all over them. Mike McCarthy's 11 and two, two and one against the spread post bye. Um, I mean, that's all I need to hear right there, man. This Dallas team is a team that me and you are both high on. This team, if anything, it would be more healthy off a of bye. This offensive line is going to absolutely dominate. Look, I loved this Vikings team. I picked them to win the division. That pick doesn't look too hot nowadays. I'm going to have to dial back on the Vikings. I got Dallas here, man. Give me Dallas minus one, minus one and a half. I'd play them up to two and a half as the road favorite here. I just think this Dallas team is special. I really do think they're the best team in the NFC. As of right now, I would take them over anybody on a neutral in the NFC. Give me Dallas. Yeah, um, I'm going to take Dallas as well. I, I know they're the better football team. I think they're the better football team. The stat that you just said about them coming off a bye, I uh, love that. Um, so I'm going to take Dallas minus one. Not every book can take this bet. It depends on what book you're on. I know that if you bet on DraftKings, you can't take this bet. Um, Thomas, I'm going back to the well. I'm pulling I'm pulling it out. I'm pulling out old reliable. Oh, Kirk Cousins, yeah. the Kirk Cousins to throw an interception. Oh, I like it. Trayvon, hey, can you, maybe you should take Trayvon Diggs to have an interception. <laughs> I don't think you can, um, but I'm going to have Kirk Cousins throw an interception. I don't know what it is with uh, this Vikings offense. I mean, I know what it is. It's the inconsistent quarterback play. The fact that they have Adam Thielen, um, you know what? This might be – this might be a hot take. He he's like top seven, top eight receiver in, in football for me. He is he, he catches everything. He's always open. He doesn't make any mistakes. He blocks well. He does everything that you would want. 
mm-hmm. out of a wide receiver in the NFL. He doesn't get injured that often. He shows up, and every time he plays, he's like successful, and he's doing it with an inconsistent quarterback. Not only do they have Thielen, they have Jordan Jefferson. No, I'm sorry, Justin Jefferson, the brother of Jordan Jefferson. They also have Dalvin Cook, who I know has not been that healthy this year, but their backup running back is one of the best running backs, one of the best backup running backs in football, Mattinson. So I don't understand why the team can't move the football as often as they can. They've looked like shit too often for me. I'm never backing them. I think your boy Zimmer is really going to get fired. Uh, what's their record? Um, their record's three, three and three. three. I think Mike Zimmer gets fired at the end I of the agree. year because he's going to go three and four this game. Um, I think it's one of those situations that got stale. I think he's a good football coach. I think his time – I think it's just time to part ways. I think he'll be hired very, very quickly in the NFL, and I wouldn't shock for him to have success. I think I think he's like a Ron Rivera. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a great coach to play for, play under. I think his time just ran out. I think Rivera's time ran out in uh, in Carolina, and I think Zimmer's time is up in uh, Minnesota. Nothing wrong with it. You, you just run your course. Yeah. No, I agree with you completely. There just becomes a point in time, no matter how good of a coach you are, where your message becomes stale in a locker room and you know, just time to call it quits. So I think it's the same thing there for Zimmer. Um, any other games you want to touch on before we get out of here? Um, no, I'll have them on my action. If you have the action app, I'll put them on. I'll put them on there. Um, I actually, the Vikings aren't a bad teaser spot this week for the people that do like yeah. teasers. Um, well, I mean, if it's at a pick them, it's not, it's not as great, honestly. No, but, I, I've seen it all at one and a one and a half. I mean, teasing the Vikings from plus one and a half to plus seven is Yeah, awesome. I mean, it's, if you could tease them to plus eight and a half, I think that's a pretty good teaser number for you. I, I just don't trust them enough. I, I'm, I can find a better team to put in the teasing than them. Um, but eight and a half is obviously a great teaser number. So if you can get the Vikings to eight and a half, that's – that would be that would be my throw out for a teaser pick. It's 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 a it's obviously a great number. With teasers, you're just looking at the value of the number, not necessarily the team. If you can get a good number, a lot of the time these people these teams can cover the spread. You're over a touchdown. Yeah, I agree with you. No, I agree with you completely on that one. That is a high value number. I was hoping when I when I saw it at first, I thought Dallas was, and I was like, shoot, I'm about to go ahead and throw a teaser together right now. And then I realized Dallas is the favorite, so I backed off. But yeah, I mean you could throw the you could throw the titans or whoever ends up being the underdog in, in the titans colts game that's another teaser number um kind of the same situation so it's just something to look for teasers are obviously a lot more popular in the nfl than than any other sport i i don't really tease totals very often um the only time i've teased the total is if i think an under is an absolute lock and i want to do another game i'll tease that total up so for an example the carolina panthers against the giants Such last- a lock was that two weeks ago now? That was last week. Last week. The under was 43 and a half. I loved it. I ended up putting it with another teaser, so I teased it to 49 and a half, and I was like, that's a lock. Um, so that I, I would not recommend teasing totals, but, you know, you can, you can do it however you want. Just look for the value in the number. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one. I definitely will be throwing together a teaser. I really only have probably like three straight bets for this week in the NFL, so – Definitely dialing back. There's not much value out there. But anyway, Ben, let's go ahead and get up out of here. It's going to be a great weekend. We're excited. Um, Ben, I appreciate you coming on once again and knocking this thing out with me. Yeah, man, a lot of fun. Friday picks on a Thursday. Oh, yeah, Friday picks on a Thursday. Everybody, please gamble responsibly. Let's cash these out. I'll see you all soon.